0: So we gather today on Divine Mercy Sunday, a tradition which is always celebrated on the second Sunday of Easter. It commemorates the canonization of Saint Faustina, a Polish nun who in the, 30s, the 1930s had visions of Jesus and she recorded them in her diary. It's a very popular book that many people are very devoted to. And some of you are familiar with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. We have displayed this morning the famous image that she, she, she saw and Jesus asked her to paint. Jesus in the white robe with the two beams of light coming out of his heart his right hand offering a prayer. And just as we have here today, the image typically has at the bottom of the picture, Jesus, I trust in you. In our gospel today we hear about one of the many examples of Jesus's divine mercy. It's a very beautiful and familiar story about Thomas's doubt where he won't believe that Jesus has risen from the dead until he puts his fingers in the nail marks and put his hand in his side. It's an incredible story, which I think tells us so much about the bountiful mercy of God. On the first Easter evening, Jesus comes to the disciples and they're frightened. He comes in order to make them ministers of divine mercy and to give them his own power of forgiveness. His presence with them was the first instance of reconciliation. They had denied him, betrayed him, abandoned him, and yet what does he offer them? He offers them peace. Three times in today's gospel, Jesus says, peace be with you. That abiding peace that Jesus provides can drive away any fear we might have, just as it did for the disciples. It's a peace that goes beyond understanding, a peace that this world cannot give us. His peace may not stop the chaos of our world, but it is always present within it, calming our fears, soothing our troubled hearts, shining light into the darkness. The mercy of Jesus is always attempting to break through. Nothing holds him back from his desire for an intimate relationship, from offering us the gift of peace. Not darkness, not locked doors, not fear, not even lingering doubt. It's a beautiful image. Despite the obstacles we might put in place, the risen Christ breaks in. His amazing grace always attempts to overcome our fears and our doubts. From Thomas, we also learn that Jesus' mercy is nothing we can earn. Thomas wasn't worthy. In fact, he appears to be even less worthy than his fellow disciples because he failed to believe and demanded some hard evidence. Yet Jesus comes to him anyway. Okay, Thomas, you don't believe? Well, I'm not giving up on you. And Jesus never gives up on any of us. Knowing and loving Thomas, just like he knows and loves each and every one of us, Jesus humbles himself and reaches out to Thomas to help him understand and believe. Even though Thomas didn't deserve it, just like sometimes we might feel like we don't deserve God's mercy and love, nonetheless, God continually reaches out to meet us where we are. Thomas says, I won't believe unless I touch. And Jesus says, okay. He speaks to him in a way that he can understand. God does the same for us. He meets us where we are, always offering us an invitation. And he does so in many different ways. He speaks to us through the scriptures, through the Eucharist, through the different people we encounter in our lives. God comes to us in ways that we would most readily believe. Maybe it's in a kind word from a friend or an act of kindness from a neighbor powerful retreat moment or private prayer moment. Maybe it's some life transforming event. Whatever it might be, God lowers himself to our level because he wants to be our friend and to enter fully into our lives. We should not judge Thomas harshly for his doubt. Jesus certainly didn't Thomas should be remembered not because he was absent at the first meeting or because he doubted, but because, like us, he's called to believe from the words of others. And like Thomas, we all know sometimes how difficult that can be. If we're looking for some hard evidence, some tangible proof of the resurrection, that the Spirit of Christ is alive and well then we should look no further than our own Christian community. We hear that in our first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles. The principal values of the early Christian community are unity in mind and in heart. And the primary focus is on sharing their possessions, acts of charity and care and concern for one another. The second time Jesus appears, Thomas is with the other disciples. He is now part of the community, and it is in being part of that community that he experiences the risen Lord. It is the consistent message of the Gospel of John. Believing is not a matter of physical observation, but a matter of realizing spiritual truth that Jesus lives in each and every one of us. It is the community of believers enlivened by the presence of the risen Christ that Thomas comes to know Jesus at a level that eluded him when he knew Jesus in the flesh. Jesus offers his wounds to Thomas to be touched. The story does not say whether Thomas actually touched those wounds, only that he cried out the most robust profession of faith, my Lord and my God. He arrived at the fullness of Easter faith and it remains the best and truest response for all of us. Jesus continues to offer us his wounds in our community today. When we acknowledge them, reach out and touch them, attempt to heal them, when we engage in the corporal works of mercy, when we feed the poor, when we clothe the sick, console, comfort, forgive, that's when we can feel the tangible presence of Christ in our midst. After repeating his words of peace, Jesus draws his disciples into His own mission. As the Father sent me, so I send you. In the same way we're called to join in Christ's mission, we inherit the same commissioning, a ministry which is characterized by peace and reconciliation in a hostile and unreceptive and broken world. So on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we embrace this incredible goodness and truth. And with Easter joy, let us remember these five simple words in our prayer this week. Jesus, I trust in you.